Thank you for listening to the River's Edge Church podcast. We believe God has a place for you to belong, people to be in community with, and a purpose for you to fulfill. Now let's listen to today's message. Jesus prayed out of John 17. And uh, as you get your Bibles out, we're going to go John 17, verses 20 through 24 this morning. And Jesus said this. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their, through their word, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And Father, we thank you for John 17 and this prayer that Jesus prayed over us. And I pray this morning that our hearts and our minds are open and ready to receive what the word teaches us. And Father, this morning I yield myself to you and your Holy Spirit God, speak through me to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, years and years ago, uh, when I was a young Catholic kid, um, I was actually uh, part of what was called the State Youth Board uh, for, for the Catholic Church. And basically, we planned all the youth ministry events uh, for, the, for the Catholic Church in the state of Idaho. And there was a tradition that existed is that every year at State Youth Camp, which we planned, that all the members of the youth board would sneak out the last night and spend the night together, right? Break all the rules of camp <laughs> and uh, hang out with each other. And in one particular, one particular year, we, we did this. We snuck out, and we're hanging out in the main lodge, and we're just, we're just talking about our lives. And in the midst of discussing our lives, a storm arose and started to batter this lodge. And we had built a fire in the fireplace, and we were just kind of hanging out in the, the, the light of the fire in this big lodge. And as this storm raged, the flames started to leap out of the fireplace. I mean, and I'm not talking like, you know, a little leap, like the like they were coming up the outside of the fireplace and going up the outside of the fireplace in this old wooden lodge, and we freaked out because we're thinking, great, we snuck out, which we're not supposed to do, and now we're going to burn the lodge down. And so you know what we did? You're not going to believe this. Ten Catholic kids. We just screamed, Jesus! Because we didn't know what to do. And in an instant... The storm ceased, the fire retreated into the fireplace, and there was a hush that fell on that lodge. And we sat there 
in amazement. In fact, we spent the rest of our night, we went and found a roll of butcher paper and markers. We were so impressed by this moment that we rolled out this big roll of butcher paper across the floor of this lodge, and we made this huge banner that said, we met Jesus, we want you to meet him too, and we hung it up because we'd had such a profound encounter with him on that night. And I find it interesting that as we read this prayer of Jesus, he says these words. He says that he desires that we as his followers would behold his glory. I would translate it this way, that we would encounter him in a supernatural way. He prayed that you and I would have a supernatural encounter with Jesus. And and you know what? He desires an encounter with you. He desires an encounter with me. And if you read the Gospels, do you know what you see? All these people that had an incredible, glorious encounter with Jesus. Start from the beginning. At the very beginning, it is birth. Right? The wise men, the shepherds, they have this incredible encounter with God that changes and transforms them. Then we've got his first miracle at the wedding of Cana. All those people at that wedding encountered a supernatural event when he changed the water into wine. Then we think about the ten lepers. That Jesus said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were healed of the leprosy. I think about the woman with the issue of blood who said, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I would be made well. And in a moment, her life was transformed as she encountered the glory of Jesus. And then I think about the demon-possessed man in the tombs. And in a moment, in an encounter with Jesus, he's set free. And he knows freedom for the first time. No longer demon-possessed. Then, of course, we have the disciples, right? The disciples got to experience Jesus walking on the water. I don't know about you. I want to see that. What a glorious moment to experience. Or when he spoke to the wind and the waves and the storm ceased. When he said, peace, be still. Incredible. And this isn't even to mention the thousands that were fed on leftovers. All we have is a few loaf and a few fish. Oh, it's okay, we got this. And 5,000 are fed in one seating. It's amazing. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you can say, you know what, I have experienced a supernatural, a glorious, supernatural event with Jesus myself. Maybe he has touched your body. You were sick. You had a diagnosis. There was no answer. And Jesus healed you. Maybe, maybe you had a relationship that you thought was beyond hope of ever being restored. And Jesus restored the relationship. Maybe you were addicted And you struggled with addiction. And Jesus set you free from addiction. 
See, there are lots and lots of examples of people who have had encounters with Jesus. Times when they experienced his glory. But you know what? There's one example in our Bible that I think is beyond them all. An example where Jesus' glory what manifests in such an incredible way. A person received such an incredible supernatural touch and had such a supernatural experience with Jesus that I think it makes the rest of them all pale by comparison. And that is found in John chapter 11. And that person is a person that we know as Lazarus. In John 11, verses 38 through 44, it says, Then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb where they had buried Lazarus. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench. I like the way it says it in the, the, the King James Version. It says, by now he stinketh. <laughs> well, why does he stinketh? Because he's been dead four days. You know, there's a principle called the Lazarus Principle. That if you don't deal with something in a relationship within four days, you need to forget it because it stinketh. You need to release it. And Jesus said to her, did I not say that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. Isn't that awesome to know that you serve a Savior that, always, that his Father always hears his voice? That he heard this prayer? But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Now, I don't know about you, but I think this miracle surpasses all the other miracles. Lazarus had been dead for four days. His body stank because his body was breaking down. He was in a state of decomp decomposition. He was decomposing. And yet, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out of the grave. And he arises and unwraps himself and walks out. That is a glory of God experience. It's an experience beyond anything I have ever experienced, and I'm pretty sure beyond anything anyone here has experienced. I don't really want to die and be resurrected to keep living on the earth. But he has this miraculous experience. 
four days. And he experiences the glory of Jesus and he comes back to life. But you know what amazes me about this story? Is it's not the whole story of Lazarus. It's not his whole story. It's not all that we know about Lazarus just rising from the dead. See, Lazarus' experience was extremely profound, but I believe that it wasn't the first experience. Fast forward to the front of chapter 11. In verse 1, it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters went to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not to death, but the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. See, I think we miss something when we just say, wow, wasn't that a great miracle that Lazarus experienced being raised from the dead? And I think this story is especially special because there's more here. There's more here than the feeding of the 5,000. There's more here than the woman with the issue of blood. There's more here than the blind man at the pool of Siloam. There's more here than the ten lepers. And this is the thing that is here that I think we miss. Because I think we all want to experience the glory of God in a miraculous way. Am I right? I mean, I don't know about you. I think it would be pretty cool to see somebody come back to life, as long as it wasn't me. I think it would be pretty cool to see somebody healed. I think it would be pretty cool to see somebody's life so shaken and transformed that the glory of Jesus left a mark in their life that was indelible and never changed. But you know what's amazing? We all desire that. We all desire the glory of the miraculous. But I think we forget the glory of the relationship. See, Jesus and Lazarus had a relationship. They were in relationship with each other. It says that Jesus loved him. Lord, the one that you love is sick. And if you study this out, this is the place when Jesus would come to town, this is where he stayed at Mary, Martha's, and Lazarus's. How many know that if people are staying in your house, you get to know them? You get some relationship. Lazarus had a relationship with Jesus. And I think too many times we hunger and we thirst for the glorious miracle, but we don't hunger and thirst for the relationship. We don't hunger and thirst for the relationship. See, when Jesus was, when Lazarus was raised from the dead, that wasn't the beginning of his relationship with Jesus. He'd already been in a relationship a long time. 
So Lazarus had already experienced Jesus' glory in ways that seem unmiraculous. Lazarus enjoyed relationship with Jesus. And you know what one of the things that Lazarus enjoyed? Was the voice of his Savior. Lazarus knew Jesus' voice. I laugh because Allison and Savannah, they could walk into our house and I would recognize their voice the second they got there. Why? Because we have a relationship, right? There are certain people that when they walk into your house, if they say something, you know who it is because you have a relationship. When your daughter or your son walk into the house and you hear their voice, right? You're like, who is that? No, you know who it is because you recognize their voice. People that you love and you have a relationship with, they call you on the phone, you know who they are. Lazarus knew Jesus' voice. In fact, he knew the embodiment of John 27, which says this. It says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The word says that his sheep know his voice. Do you know his voice? Do you know his voice? Can you recognize his voice when he speaks? When he says something, do you recognize that's Jesus? Or do you go, I think that's pepperoni pizza. You know what I'm saying? Do you recognize his voice? You know the other thing that Lazarus knew? Lazarus knew what it was like to be corrected by Jesus. He knew what it was like. He knew what it was like to feel conviction. He knew what that felt like. He knew what it was like to know that something wasn't right in his life and to know that Jesus was going, I've got to fix this. Let's adjust this. He knew that. Do you know the convicting glory of Jesus? Do you know what that's like? Do you know what it's like to encounter him in such a personal way that he highlights things that the only other person that knows about your situation is you and yourself. Do you know him like that? Where he illuminates things and he draws them out and he shows you? See, I think so many times we want this glorious experience with Jesus. We want to experience the miracle. But how about the miracle of recognizing his voice? How about the miracle of understanding his conviction for your life? See, I think too many people who call themselves followers of Jesus... They're just following the miracles. They're not really following Jesus. See, because if you're really following Jesus, you hear his voice, 
and the voice of another you won't follow. But see, we don't think that that's important. And you might be saying, well, pastor, I think it's important. Okay, well, good. I'm glad. But I wonder how many conversations Lazarus and Jesus had. How many times Jesus said to Lazarus, hey, uh, Lazarus, you kind of got a bad attitude there, buddy. You, you need to change that. You need to change that attitude. Or how many times Jesus said, you need to check your heart. You need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Right? How many times did Jesus and Lazarus just sat and said, whew, man, my feet are tired. I just walked in from that other city. Lazarus, you got anything that, you know, you clean up my feet? Man, my feet are nasty. Walking in the dirt. All dirty and caked and there's stuff under my toenails. It's gross. Some stuff between my toes. Lazarus, you got anything I can wash my feet? Hey, Lazarus, you got, you got anything to eat? You got anything in the fridge? Can we just sit and, and have a bite? And Lazarus going, oh, yeah, Lord. Yeah, I got something. Let me, let me get something for you. You, you want a Coca-Cola? Because Lazarus would never give Jesus a Pepsi. Just Coca-Cola. <laughs> I'm going to catch flack for that later. Jesus, tell me, what was your day like yesterday? What, what happened? Can you tell me, oh, oh, can you tell me that? Can you tell me that story again about when you walk on the water? I, I want to hear that story again. Will you tell, tell me that story? See, Lazarus had built a relationship with Jesus. And he was interested in what Jesus was about. And Jesus was interested in what Lazarus was about. And I think if we're truly ever going to really experience his glory, we've got to enter into a dialogue like that. To where we get up in the morning and we're like, hey, Jesus! What do you got for us today? What's today going to be about? Man, Jesus, am I going to encounter anything I don't want to encounter? Hey, Jesus, is there anything that you want me to do today that I don't, that I don't already have planned? Hey, Jesus, is there any place I need to check myself? You got anything to say to me? Jesus, I got any attitudes in here that... You, you need to deal with. Hey, Jesus, is there anything that I've been doing that makes you sad? That grieves your heart? Is, is there anything in me that, you know, maybe I just need to let die? Hey, Jesus, is there a relationship that you want me to be in? Or is there a relationship you want me to get away from? Hey, Jesus, what... What's on your mind? What's on your mind for my family, for my wife, for my kids, for my neighbor, for my friend? Is there anything that you could use me to, to do for somebody else? 
See, I think personally, the most glorious things in my life, the most glorious encounters I have with Jesus are those times when I'm up at 5 o'clock in the morning and I'm just with the Lord. He says, hey, why don't you encourage this person? It happened today. Got up this morning. I get up at 5 o'clock on Sundays. It's just what I do. I don't get up at 5 o'clock every day, just so you know. Not every day. Going through my notes, putting down more thoughts. And I just think of somebody. Stop for a second, Lord. Why is this person in my heart? Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, okay. Pray for him for a minute. Oh, gosh, that, that person's dealing with a mountain. They've been dealing with a mountain. Okay, oh, you, want, you want them to know. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, pushing past the mountain. Okay, awesome. So at 5.30, I'm sending this, no, actually it was 6.15. 6.15, I'm sending this guy a text. He's an hour ahead of us. He happens to be a pastor. He's not even in his pulpit this weekend. He's getting ready to go to church somewhere else. He sends me a text back. The text confirms that he's been facing a mountain. He said I've been on vacation all week, and I've just been dealing with headaches all week long. Not physical headaches, but just problems. Problems in his church, problems in his business, just problems everywhere. He's like, thank you. See, that's having a dialogue with Jesus. See, Jesus wants to dialogue with you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to put people on your heart. But see, we want the glory. I want to see the leg grow out, Lord. I want to see the miracle. I want to see you put money in my bank account when there's no money in there because I've got to pay bills. And yet, every single moment of every single day, he's just hanging out going, want to have a conversation? Just want to spend some time with me? And my wife's really good at this. Megan's been home for the summer. Megan's been really busy. <laughs> the kid works more than most of you. How many hours this week? 50? It's a short week for you. Disappointed. I'm kidding. <laughs> She's got friends that she wants to hang out with. My wife is really good about finding these little moments just to sit in her room and have a conversation with Megan. She finds these little moments just to spend it. I had a conversation this week with Glenn. We had some Thai food. And uh, I was telling him that the Lord's really been dealing with me about the moments. Because like you, Josh, I like everything in order. And the second things get out of order, I get freaked out, right? I mean, for the first, what, 20 years of marriage, we fought every time we went on vacation. We did. 
Because in my mind, we're walking out the door, cars fully loaded, kids are in their car seats, we're pulling out of the driveway, we're going on vacation at 7.30, and it's 8 o'clock and it hasn't happened, and I'm freaking out. Because my plan's not happening. And so the Lord's really been challenging me this, this week and actually the last couple of weeks about, what about those little moments? Those little moments of time that I give you. Why aren't those important to you? Why aren't they of value to you? And realizing that I have this 30 minutes or this 20 minutes or this 15 minutes. And Glenn, I told you that I thought it was so I could get stuff done. And what the Lord showed me this morning as I was praying was it so that I could spend time with him. How many times have I had a half hour that I could have just said, Jesus, what's up? What's going on? And I didn't do it. Or I had 15 minutes between appointments that I could have grabbed the word and maybe jumped in and just let him speak to me through the word. It's funny, I have friends that I talk to almost every week. One particular friend I talk to multiple times a week because we laugh together, and that's Steve. Steve and I laugh. It's just nuts. And I need laughter. But how many times is the Lord giving me this moment for me to have some time with him, and I just ignore it? But if it was a glorious thing, a miracle, God wants to use me, Oh, I'm all about it. See, I think that's the greatest miracle of Lazarus. Not that he rose from the dead. I think the miracle is that he cultivated and built a relationship with Jesus and he appreciated those little moments of glory that he got. I'm just going to throw something out at you. I can't prove it. This is my opinion, okay? Sometimes the pastor lets his opinion out because we're Cahills and we're opinionated. It's just what we do. Janet has become very opinionated. It didn't take her much either. And after 29 years, I can tell you, she got some opinions. Careful. She's just a careful. What if the reason why Lazarus, after being dead for four days, was able to rise up and get out of the grave? What if the reason why Lazarus was able to experience his miracle was because he recognized Jesus' voice? And how many miracles do we miss how many moments of incredible glory go by us? Because Jesus calls out to us and we don't even recognize his voice because we haven't taken the time to build a relationship. How many of us would lay in the grave 
because we didn't recognize the voice of the Savior. Church is your pastor. I would fail you if I didn't tell you the most glorious thing that you can do this side of heaven is to cultivate and build a relationship with Jesus so that when he speaks, you recognize his voice. There's actually a warning in the Bible that tells us that in the last days, people will be drawn away by other voices. Church, know his voice because he desires relationship with you. And I believe that what he said of Lazarus, he says of you, that he loves you. He loves you. But you know what? We have to put the effort in to build that relationship. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for all of us here. Father, my words convict myself. Convicts me at how many times I haven't made my relationship with you a priority. I've made so many other things a priority, Lord. Father, as I read the words of John 17, 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me would be with me where I am. Father, I have no doubt in my mind how much Jesus loves us. But Father, I know so many times I have failed in loving him back. Father, I don't believe I'm alone. It's a church this morning, just between you and the Lord, if you're here and, and you want to stand with me this morning and say, you know what, I want to cultivate a better relationship with Jesus. I want the glory of of relationship more than I want the glory of miracles. If that's you, I'd ask you just stand with me right now. Stand with me. Thank you, Lord. Father, to know you and Jesus more. Father, I pray for all of us. Father, I pray that you would draw us closer. Closer in relationship. Lord, that the moment you speak, we recognize your voice as your word says that your sheep hear your voice and the voice of another. They will not follow. 
Father, I pray that today a dialogue starts between us and you. And Father, right now I just come against shame and condemnation that anyone might carry because they haven't cultivated that relationship. And I thank you, Father, that this week you're going to speak to them. They're going to recognize your voice. That Jesus, we're going to recognize those moments that you give us. And it will take the time to draw close. Spend the time with you. That we'd recognize your heart. We'd recognize your voice. Father, that we would recognize the glory in the simple moments with you. Father, I pray that because we do, God will not only have those glorious moments, but those miraculous moments that we all desire. If you would like more information about Rivers Edge Church, please visit our website at visitriversedge.com or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening.